Hello and welcome to the Ethical Creativity Have Root a Podcast, Episode 4. This week we hear from Dina Maple, a 5th grade general studies teacher and Jewish educator at the Valley Beth Shalom Day School in Encino, California. Dina talks to us about her students, her work, her life, and the business she ran with her twin sister when they were kids. It's super fun and exciting. So here we go. Here's Dina Maple in conversation with Sandy and Nicholas. Enjoy. Uh, so I'm a fifth grade teacher at Valley Beth Shalom Day School, which is a Jewish day school outside of Los Angeles. And this is my third year teaching fifth grade here. Um, I grew up in San Francisco uh, Bay Area, um, where um, I went to a Jewish day school myself. So I was always interested in you know, being part of the Jewish education. Um, and then I went to Emory University for college. And then I went to Georgia in, in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Emory in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, I got my master's in education from Georgia State University. Um, and so nice. I taught in Atlanta for one year, and then I moved to Los Angeles, where I was at a daughter Ariel for ten years, and then I came to Valley Beth Shalom. Oh, cool! That's awesome. What do you miss about Atlanta? Um, there's a big range of people. I mean, I guess that's true of Los Angeles, but I live in my own little bubble in Los Angeles. Um, I feel like I was sort of more out of my bubble a little bit in college because you're just exposed to many different kinds of people as just part of being on campus. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and the food is awesome in Atlanta. Too, <laughs> this right? is true. And, um, good tourist attractions. The Coke Museum was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. I actually I was in Atlanta for a conference a few years back, and then like anytime a conference comes up and it's in Atlanta, it's like oh yes please, right, yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. And I remember eating um, uh, uh, like uh, there was a biscuit place at the airport. Oh, the biscuits like, are so good. Oh yes, like, I've got to yes. I've got to go to the biscuit place even <laughs> at the airport. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, th- yep. that's super cool. Yeah. Sandy and I are both New Englanders, so oh, okay. like any mention of the South, we're like, are we default to like food? Right. How's the food? How's <laughs> yes. the food? But that's awesome. Um, So that's a great uh, bit of your background. How did you come to teaching? What uh, was there anything that drew you to it or was just sort of something that just made sense to you? Uh, So I've always loved working with kids. Um, As you know, I have a twin sister. And when we were younger, we planned birthday parties for kids. We had a business. Um, So like in fifth and sixth grade, we... um, we had people pay us to plan their children's birthday parties, and we. Oh my God! Put a, <laughs> let's put a pin in that. We want to know know more about that. That's awesome. Oh uh, yeah. So so, so yeah. what was the business called? Oh, I don't remember what it was called, but we had like a whole we had a notebook and we had all these different themes that we wrote down of all these different options, and then let's say someone would choose like an underwater theme, so we would come in with decorations and games, and we would plan the whole party. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, um, and As we the also, parent of two children, <laughs> can I ask you, do you still do that? You don't do that uh, anymore, but I okay, am pretty good right. at planning my own children's birthday parties. Okay, awesome, um, awesome. And then we also ran a camp for kids in our backyard. So we did a three-day camp where we um, you know, figured out the whole budget and went shopping and got kids to come, and um, that was really fun. So we've been doing kid things since we were little, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're like, you've been in this game a long, a long time. time. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I didn't directly know I wanted to be a teacher because... I mean, it was always in the back of my mind, but the fact is Emory doesn't actually have a teaching program. So I had to finish okay. Emory and then go to Georgia State to get my credential. Ah, okay. Um, but it was worth it because I got a good education at Emory and then was able to later on get my credentials. So. That's really cool. That's really neat. I, I can just imagine. So for our listeners, um, both Sandy and I happen to know her twin sister because she was also on our cohort this summer in the Ethical Creativity Institute, and you heard her voice in episode one of our podcast, but knowing the both of you all, yeah, I can totally see it. That's (laughs) awesome. And you should also figure out a way that you can get those years as doing 
sort of quasi teacher work counted towards like your years of service as a teacher you know (laughs) just see if you can like angle that in and be like i've been doing this since i was five (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so um outside of teaching what are you doing for for fun your passions your hobbies what do you do that just makes you completely lose track of time um, well, my favorite hobby is reading. Um, so I love to read um, anything. Um, I try to read fifth grade books um, as well as adult books because I teach a, I teach fifth grade. But I can get just as immersed in a fifth grade book as I can an adult book. Um, but basically, when after the kids go to bed, I, um, when I'm not um, just trying to catch up on schoolwork, it's it's a book that I pick up. Um, I, so I just I love reading. Um, but oh, besides that, um, I try to work out on the weekends. So I go on a run one one weekend morning, and then I go to the gym the other weekend morning. Um, I hang out with friends, I hang out with my husband, play with my kids. So I definitely have things outside of teaching that keep me busy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, at the risk of doing a job interview question, yeah. what's on your what's on your nightstand? What are you reading these days? Uh, well, I have, a, I have a book that I want to read, but gosh, I can't tell you the exact title. It's like flurries of, I don't know, I can't, I don't know. My friend just told me about it and I haven't actually started reading it yet. We just okay, finished a book nice. from my book club um, that we're talking about on Sunday, um, which is... Um, Gosh, it's not the immortalists. Um, I don't know. I don't the know. I'll, I'll come back to that question. I'm gonna I'm gonna think of it in a second. <laughs> we can we can fix fix all that yeah, in okay. post production yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want. Yeah, we can be like it was and then yeah yeah like, I'm gonna come oh, up with it. Da, da, da. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, one of the so so we sort of have a stable of like job. I I guess this is kind of a peek behind the curtain, but mm-hmm. we have a stable of job interview questions we ask sometimes when folks come to work at the Brandeis School. And one of the questions, rather than the what are the five books you're reading or right. what's on your nightstand, yeah. one of the one of the questions we ask is what book do you have you always wanted to read but have been afraid to read or not finish or something like that. Oh, that's interesting yeah. question. Oh. Yeah, and then we're always like, but Moby Dick and Infinite Jest don't count. <laughs> and then like, if we get a laugh from the person, we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, they know what you're talking about. It's exactly. not about the question; it's about the re- right. you know, the reaction. Right, right, right. And so it's like, yeah, whatever they say after that, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Well, that's a good. All question. right, I guess I've just given it away. <laughs> if anyone listens to this podcast and is applying to work here, so. <laughs> and if you have prepared. Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll cut that out too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, that sounds like uh, like you have a, some some pretty uh, fun hobbies and some passions. Running is definitely one that is um, that pops up a lot, and that's a pretty exciting exciting one. I have personally haven't done it in a long time, but mm. I used to. I won't say run marathons. I'll say I ran a marathon. Wow, that's more like, than I've done. Wow. Right. That's See, impressive. I, I actually did one. Wow, and, good for you. you know, I I walked a bunch of it too. That's fun. That's still but more I than got I've over done. The finish line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so like I guess kind of on the running theme, um, in your work. So in your work in education, what hurdles do you? do you face or what are some of the challenges that you run into like you don't need to like be like super specific be like this one person right, right. does this thing and that makes me yeah but like what are sort of some of the larger the larger challenges you run into sure i mean i think the biggest challenge is time um, which is probably true for most teachers um but especially working in a jewish day school when there's a dual curriculum um when you're just mm-hmm. trying to accomplish so much in the little amount of time that you have and so just trying to sort of pick and choose 
um, what you're going to focus on, and then if you're going to start something new, what you're not going to do. Because, of course, you learn all these great new things, but if you're going to put something in, it sort of requires sometimes taking something else out. Um, and then, which I, I feel like I've sort of managed to sort of figure it out a little bit with the things that I've been learning from ECI, um, because I've sort of learned more big picture. Like sometimes it's worth it to take out the little things if you're teaching the big concept, which is like um, learning how to problem solve or learning to persevere. And sometimes maybe the little things get lost anyway. But if you know, mm. if you can teach the bigger message, that, that's, that's what kids are gonna remember. But I sort of had to learn that over time. Um, and, and then the other uh, major hurdle I feel like is the pressure to grade students. Because sometimes the skills that you wanna teach students aren't necessarily gradable. So like persevering and teamwork and um, problem solving and those things that you really want kids to come out of fifth grade knowing, it's not something that's gonna appear on the report card. And the things that do appear on the report card or on the ERBs, the tested skills are the ones that, that parents ask about, that te that you're getting uh, you know, assessed as a teacher, that you're, you need your kids to score well on the ERBs, and, but they're not necessarily as important for life. Whereas you could argue that problem solving or perseverance is, are much more important for life. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. You just like hit on Sandy's <laughs> sweet spots <laughs> when you're talking about assessment. Right. For yep. sure. Right. It's tough. No, that it's tough. Is I wish like the report card constant... reflected what really matters. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I need a video report card that just sort of gives yeah. us like a snapshot of my kids in action. Right. That would be I amazing. I would, yeah. I was just thinking, like, as you were talking, I'm a good listener. I need to say that for the record, too. But as you were talking, I was also thinking, like, we've been assessing that other style of skill for so long that we're super good at it, mm -hmm. right? Like, we've been assessing those testable skills for so long. And I think the challenge in assessing some of this new work that we're doing um, is that, like, that those assessments, like we're not familiar with those styles of assessment and so like it's super challenging and it's super new and i guess maybe that wasn't as big as a breakthrough as i thought it was at that moment yeah i'm like no no no, no but it's true doing that kind of assessment yeah. for a long time right and, like, and this, this is all new different. right yeah yeah totally. it's true all right so thanks thanks for supporting me on that. <laughs> <laughs> i agree with you <laughs> um can you tell us a little bit about this school year so we saw you at the end of june right at the end of june uh, in in uh, this year in 2018, what is it like being back at school since you were on our institute this summer, and um, sort of what things have you brought back? What does your lens look like? What does your ethical creativity lens look like on your side? Uh, I guess the best word to describe it was is I've been exhilarated. I mean, I've been mm. like so excited to come to school every day and teach, and it's directly from what I've learned at ECI, um, and it's just been like like life changing in a way like or even like completely changing my lens of how i teach the kids um mm. and this is in several ways um so one project i did at the beginning of the year was i had the students uh create goal machines so they had to write yeah. two goals at the beginning of the year one academic and one social emotional and then they had to develop a machine to help them accomplish either of their goals and it had mm. to have at least one moving part so it was really amazing to see kids trying to come up with the machine. And they worked individually. They're doing this on their own. But they had all these recyclable materials and then other things in the innovation lab that they could use, you know, such as dominoes or balls or, you know, anything else, uh, cardboard. Yeah. And they had to sort of put it all together to create a machine that would do something. So they just presented their machines today. And it's really amazing what kids came up with, you know. Things like where they shoot a ball and it hits a name and that's the name of the person they should talk to. Or like, Whoa, <laughs> which is like really cool. cool things. Yeah. Um, the kids came up with just some really, really neat things. And I loved watching them. It was really amazing. We did this over like three or four 45 minute class periods. And it was just amazing to see how they 
came up with their machine. So like are there finished product is nothing like what they started with so they're basically they were thinking with their hands they had an idea it didn't work they would say oh that didn't work they would try something else that didn't work try something else and I saw every kid engaged every kid learning every kid doing and then we had a reflection after they finished their machine about what they learned and kids told me exactly what I wanted them to say um, which was I was hoping they were going to say stuff like they learned to persevere they learned to um, to keep trying they learned to um, look at a friend and get an idea, you know, all these different things, life skills, you know, and, awesome. and they got it. That's so and they were neat. so excited about coming to school. So. Wow. And then the like, other project, what, yeah, go ahead. What, what an amazing time for us to talk to you, like yeah. right in the right. sort of that, that, like that, the cloud of that. That's awesome. And that came from, so, I didn't directly say it, but that came from Sandy. Um, it came from at ECI when we did all of these projects where we had to work directly with our hands and I became frustrated myself. And I remember making, you know, making that automata, was it called? Automata thing? Automata. Yeah. <laughs> and just how hard it was. And I didn't even get it until like the last five minutes. And then I did get it and I felt amazing. And I was like, wow, this is really powerful. Like no one taught me directly how to do it. I figured mm-hmm. it out and I learned all these things about myself, about how I'm a problem solver and how I can persevere. And I was like, from that and the other experiences, how I want to create that for my students. Tina, out of curiosity, did you share any of those stories of you working through those frustrations with your students when they were doing their work? That is such a great question, and I never did. I never did. I never did. But I did share with the parents. That's your two. But I shared it with the parents, though, because I actually sent them the parents an email about the project, and I shared where it came from, and I talked about how I went to ECI and how I I, um, experienced the frustration and how I wanted to create those for my students. So the parents all know, but I never directly told the kids. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And like, that's cool because that's your way to plus it the next yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you left no, yourself that little, exactly. little, little edge to go with. That's awesome. Because I do find cool. students love to hear those stories. You know, they like to hear about us being learners. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. The other major thing I got from ECI was um, when we went to the Stanford D School and we learned the process of design thinking in a different way. And so, um, and I worked on a project at ECI, which was about having um, – the, my, my students design a way for my school to recognize and respect different perspectives of Thanksgiving. And I work with you that, on that, Sandy, and you gave me a lot of suggestions. Um, but one major thing I got out of that was um, do, doing brainstorming differently. Because at the D school, they taught us how to brainstorm in a whole different way. Where we watched the videos and we did that improv game and we did all these different things. And so I spent a 45 minute period teaching my fifth graders how to brainstorm. And then the amount of ideas and and creative and the quantity and quality of the ideas was unsurpassed in any year I've ever done brainstorming ever. So it was just, it was awesome. really amazing to see that difference. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's so, that's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're like so thankful to have you share some of your day with us. And I know that like you have a super busy schedule and, and like to give our listeners a view, like scheduling this was a super, high wire <laughs> high level aspect of trying to find a like 35 to 40 minute block in the middle of a school, school day, day. Right. when you are free when sandy's free when i am free so it's like if nothing else like we've captured lightning in a bottle in that way for finding <laughs> that you. period of time right, right. where we're all available and we yeah. don't want to keep you much longer uh but is there sort of something like uh we've kind of started this tradition on our our podcast to sort of ask the folks that we're talking with about something good, like something that a piece of culture, whether it's media, television, book, or something that you're really, like, really into right now. Hmm. Um, something that's really exciting for you and that you think would be 
interesting for our listeners to check out. Well, this isn't necessarily new for me, but um, I really love listening to The Moth. Do you guys listen to The Moth? Oh, um, yes. I think it's such a great window into different people's lives. And like, I really mm. discover um, just so many different things that I never knew before or how different people perceive um, life's events or what people have gone through. And it, every time I listen to a story, it just makes me like, oh, or like, oh, that's how, you know, it's, just, it's really eye-opening. So I, I try to, I listen to it when I'm at the gym when I'm lifting weights, but it, it makes the time pass so quickly because I'm always like, you know, just like, what are they going to say next? You know, so. That's really awesome. And I think it will be helpful for the moth to get that recommendation from all of our <laughs> listeners to come over, you know, like they're, they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, teasing. no, yeah, that, that program is super awesome. awesome. And yeah. Uh, yeah. hearing those different perspectives, um, my wife and I have a friend who was on an episode and it oh, was, that's uh, cool. he said, yeah. oh yeah, no, it is just as you imagine. And it's that wonderful. And the room is always that supportive. Right. When they wow. Recorded. So awesome. that's, that's great to hear. That's cool. Great recommendation. That's awesome. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? Or uh, do we just Shabbat Shalom this one? Um, I just want to say, you know, the ethical piece. Um, so I did that yesterday in class. So they had these great ideas about um, the brainstorming and they came up with their ideas. And I said, you know what designers do next? They're like, what? I was like, well, you know, most designers, they just keep, you know, keep on designing. But, but what ethical designers do, we stopped and we talked about, you know, what if you designed a car that was like cheap enough for everyone to have one? What could be the problems? And then we talked about that. And then they were able to look at their own ideas and talk about possible problems and like, you know, sort of brainstorming that before we even continued to design. So I think it's so awesome. I mean, I never would have even thought about talking about the ethical piece, but to teach ethics as part of the design process was a whole new thing that I learned at the conference. That's awesome. That's super awesome. You just made us very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you that's guys. Great. Made me happy. It's been a great year. <laughs> yeah, that's super great. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our episode, and um, we'll encourage our listeners to check out your work. Is there anywhere that our um, our listeners can find you to learn more about your work, or uh, should they just get in touch with you through us? Uh, well, my, you can email me dmaple at vbsds.org. So. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day and Shabbat Shalom. Have a Shabbat wonderful shalom. weekend. And uh, we're excited to hear back from you for, for more updates in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, that was so much fun. Thank you so much to Dina for sharing time from her busy schedule to get on the line with Sandy and I and uh, and talk about some of the work that she does at Valley Best Shalom Day School and how her work around ethical creativity has influenced the the learning and uh, life of her students. That, that story about the goal machines uh, and the work around academic and social social emotional goals was, was pretty inspiring. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Ethical Creativity Hevruta podcast. And, uh, and we look forward to our next episode. Thanks.